Well, good morning and welcome to the Gym Owners Fitness Business Podcast. Today's podcast is supported by the Healthy Aging Summit in Brisbane 2020, FIBO USA Miami Beach 2019, FitRec registration for fitness professionals, and Evolt 360. This morning, I'm speaking to Ian Mullane. Ian Mullane, after 18 years of working with some of the biggest names in business, including Thompson Financial and SSNC, Ian left corporate life as the CWO of SunGuard's Asia Pacific business. Since then, he's founded a growing number of companies, including LocoWise.com, Vandefit, and most recently, KeepMe, AI-powered technology, designed specifically to address gym member retention. Gym member retention is one of the biggest ongoing problems in the fitness business industry today. Good morning, Ian. Good morning, Mel. And how are you today? I'm well, thank you. How about your good self? I'm absolutely, I'm loving today. It's winter here. We had a little bit of snow over the weekend. So I'm absolutely loving every bit of it. Oh, we're the complete opposite. We are in our summer at the present time over here in London. And I'm pleased to say, report blue skies today. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's great. I am looking forward to summer, though. I, I will say that. Um, now, Ian, I was reading through, um, obviously, I was doing some homework on doing a podcast. And one of the things I solidly agree with you is that, you know, retention is just such a big issue in the fitness business industry. And I personally feel that, you know, people just are neglecting the issue um, because they're more worried, obviously, about new members currently coming through the door as opposed to those, as you said, going through the back door. Now, AI, that, that artificial intelligence, that, that, those words are everywhere in the industry and they're just thrown around, thrown around. But let's take this back to some absolute basics for the everyday person to understand. What is AI? What is artificial intelligence? Right, so that, that's a great first question. Um, there, as you say, it is a term which we hear a great deal of, um, and it's not about robots and um, <laughs> automated cars. In the context of the fitness business, we're talking about two areas. One is automation, and the other is prediction. Artificial intelligence provides us the opportunity to have a level of prediction that we as humans could not achieve, and then to be able to utilize that in terms of automation to take action at scale to change the outcomes that we're seeing in the actual predictions themselves. So I think to simplify it as much as possible, AI in fitness is automation and prediction. It's those two items which it helps with quite specifically that when we add the human element, it gives us better performance. So it's a little bit like a crystal ball, isn't it? It is, yes, it is. It's utilising what has happened in the past to predict in the future. But where we have to take things differently, so when, when, we, when we talk as operators and you and I have a conversation, you and I will know from our experience that a member attendance is what's going to drive a great deal of whether they stay or whether they go. And, and that's correct. So in the very early days, when I started to look at the problem, we used statistical modeling initially, and we used that domain expertise, as we call it, to see what effect does attendance have on overall retention. What came about, what was clear, was that we could predict 
But to around about a 65% probability whether a member would stay or go based on that. That's better than a, than a human can do, but nevertheless, it's still with too much of a margin of error that you could still end up communicating with people under the belief that we're going when they don't, and that in effect can also affect retention. So then we started to add in um, age or gender or work location, these type of data elements. And when, when that came together, it's another statistical modeling technique, we got to 75%. So three quarters of retention or uh, members that were going to leave we were able to predict, which is really good again. But when you bring AI in, it's a, uh, it's a particular discipline, it's called machine learning. When you bring machine learning in, we were able to achieve 91%. And the difference is that a machine learning model does not care about any of our own assumptions. If you can imagine a decision tree where you look at everything rolling down to the actual whether they'll stay or whether they'll go, a human may go, did they come in the last three months? Yes. Did they come in the last month? Yes. Did they come in the last two weeks? No. Probability 50%. In the case of AI, the model will literally build hundreds of thousands of those decision trees with data items that we would never even think to put together to produce a much more accurate model, which then gives us the opportunity going forward. So, so that's what AI is in this concept. So as a club owner, are you saying to me that I can walk into my club and I can just, obviously if I have the Keep Me software, the software will tell me on Monday, these are the members that are most likely to cancel their membership in the next X amount of days. Correct. And, and, and a, lot more, a lot more than that in the respect that if you and I took a spreadsheet of all of your existing members and we looked at the people who hadn't attended in the last month and whose membership was just about to come up, we'd be able to predict between the two of us, you know, pretty much who was going to stay and who was going to go. But we can't change that outcome. It's the final 30 days. Those decisions are made. People are not going to stay. But if, for instance, I join in January and it comes to March, Kiwi will be telling you that, that my next eventual opportunity to stay or go, whether I will stay or go in the 90% plus accuracy levels. So what it's doing is, regardless of whether you are on a monthly no commitments, a rolling contract, or a, a membership plan, it's giving you as the operator, the owner, an understanding of which members will be staying and which won't, or which are moving from, I will say to I may not stay, and therefore giving you a window of opportunity to take some action, which Keep Me can also help with, to change that outcome. But as importantly, Keep Me will also look at the data and tell you which members are definitely leaving and that you should not be engaging with them unless you do so on the understanding that you're going to prompt them to terminate early because there is no chance to virtually zero probability of them re-engaging with you. So years ago, Ian, years ago, when I say years ago, I'm talking like 10 or 12 years ago when I first got into the industry, um, club owners just used to look out onto the gym floor and go, wow, there's 100 people in the gym training tonight. Everything is great. When really it wasn't great because people were, people were leaving and it really wasn't until, you know, two or three months later when they sat down and they looked at their numbers that they realized, oh, hold on a moment. I don't have 1,000 members anymore. I have 800 members. I better do a cash drive sale and get some more feet in the door. Do you think that that way of thinking for the club owner has changed? 
I think it does vary across the uh, markets and, and, and clubs as well. I mean, you know, the, you know a, a large single site operator relative to a, a multinational chain as such. But um, the two things that struck me in the last year is that the quantity of operators you don't actually know. That's the first thing. And I, I'm including some very big brands in there where they will say to us, well, you know, our annual attrition is about 28 to 30% of our membership. And then when they start to use Keep Me, they realize it's up at 50%. But they didn't that, right? Because it's never really been a focus. I, I have uh, seen uh, a very large operator with 70 plus sites that has a retention of minus 30%. And they do that because you know, they've got six-month contracts. Now. So, so that means that not only do they lose their entire membership on an annual basis, but another 30% as well for those people that are coming on the shorter length of the contracts. But then I, I, I've also got uh, operators um, that are running at 88% retention. Um, and that's very strong. Um, and they are businesses which look very stable. Um, they, they are definitely operating at, at higher uh, profit margins than most of their competitors because the cost of, of acquisition, member acquisition, is lower because most of the traffic comes from referrals in, in, in that particular aspect and also because they're not having to pay the ever-increasing costs to actually be able to attract potential new members to come to the site via you know, PPC, digital activities, any of those type of things. So, Ian, that's quite frightening when you think about it. A club loses its whole membership base over a 12-month period. I mean, what type of money would they be spending to try and recruit new members to come through the door? Now, that leads me to the next question. What do you think is the current state of retention in the fitness industry? I, I, think, it's, I think there's an awful lot of people who are very comfortable talking about the subject and potential solutions. I don't, as someone who's concentrated on this in the last 18 months, see any evidence that the existing um, state of the business has changed. Um, you know, materially, we're not seeing any, um, shall we say, processes or platforms that have tackled this to the degree where people have said, you know what, this is as good as it's going to get from our perspective. That's just not happened. So I think that there is a problem, but it's been a problem that is hidden because the concentration has continued to be on, on new sets. And that's painted over the cracks in the model, but the, the problem is that's not going to be sustainable. Um, you know, the winners are going to be those that turn their retention to the core of their strategy, and it's where Keep Me is helping. Yeah, the, I, the, the industry is changing, Mel, to a degree. We, we, you know, competition is increasing, it's not decreasing. Penetration is plateauing in most of the mature markets, regardless of all of the optimistic surveys I see thrown out all of the time. You know, the vast majority of the time, we're talking about very small percentage points. And the growth in the overall business is because of an increase in competition in many ways. Costs do not go down. They are not stagnant. They generally go up. So if we're in a market which competition is increasing, penetration is plateauing, and our costs are, stagnant, are, are moving upwards, then the winners have got to be those that focus on their retention, retain more of their existing members, and then add new members from those clubs that are not. And there will always be clubs in your area that are not focusing on retention that will give you the opportunity to make sure that you are the choice that people come to. Um, I have to agree with that. You know, um, when I first opened a club, in, I didn't even know what retention was. I didn't even understand the word. 
And it wasn't really until I'd been in the industry for about four or five years that I realized, oh, wow, I need to have some type of strategy in place and I need to be looking after those people that are already under my roof and not be so dedicated to chasing new money, you know, 99.9% of the time. It would have been great to have something like this, you know, 16 years ago when I got into the industry and to have, you know, a lot more education open to me. How do you see, how do you see as keep me being, being a problem solver for club owners and boutique owners? I think that what Keep Me does is it provides them a window into the potential challenges that they have. Um, if, I'm a, if I'm an operator, I'll give you an example. So Willows, uh, an operator in Australia, is one of the Keep Me customers. So when, when you take a look, when they look at their data, the first thing that they can see in Keep Me is they can understand what percentage of their membership is at risk, what percentage is at medium, and what is at low risk, right? So that then allows them to tailor specifically the engagement strategies to the three different segments. You then have the opportunity to drill down and get an understanding at both a gender and at an age whether there are any particular segments which are not performing as well. So maybe, as an example I've seen very recently, in another customer where they're, uh, they're under 20 market and they're 50 plus, we're twice as likely to leave as they're 25 through to 40. You can drill down then and then see whether that's gender specific and then go down to specific age groups to see whether that's you know people off to, to go to university or whether that is because we're in a, a transient market. Then what effect does Group X have on it? Right? Are the people that are going to my body pump class three times more likely to stay than the ones that go to my high intensity my head training? Right? Well, PT. I look across my PTs and I can see that Michelle is an example is that 80% of the people that use Michelle as a PT are low risk of going and leaving and going elsewhere, whereby Ian, only 47%. Is that a human performance issue? Is that something I should be looking at? Maybe asking Michelle to speak to Ian and get some idea of how you know, those can change? These are all insights which previously has not been possible to understand. Now, if you then take that data if I know about gender or age, if I know that people that attend my inductions are three times more likely to stay with me than ones that don't, or that people that go to a body pump class over this one, all of this information is then taken. And then Keep Me has integrated within it the digital tools. And let, let, let's face it, we've got two elements of engagement which, which impact attention. We have on-site and incredibly valuable, absolutely could not agree more with any of the experts in the industry you retain people by the actions you take on site. However, what we need to do, and these days that's through digital engagement, is to move people into the behaviors by prompting them digitally, or let's not forget, a large amount of our retention risk are the people that don't attend in the first place. So what Keep Me then does is it provides you the integrated email and SMS and WhatsApp platforms so that you can set criteria and actions to take place. So let's say you and I now decided that um, we wanted to make sure that everyone uh, did their induction and that if someone hadn't done their induction, uh, so we could have Keep Me say, um, send an email out on, wel on, on arrival, a welcome. Welcome to Madeline's Club. You know, we'd love to see you down here for induction. It's been booked in for this time. That automatically takes place. Ian opens that email, but he doesn't take any action. So then Keep Me then 
will generate another one, right? In seven days' time, if he's ha if there's been no reply, and it'll say, remember, your induction is booked for this, this, and this, right? If they then book their their, their um, induction, fantastic. Two days beforehand, an SMS will automatically get sent to them, just reminding them, because again, we've got a problem to actually take the action. Or if they don't, it will automatically generate a call list for somebody on the floor to make a telephone call, say, hey, you remember, you, you should be doing your induction, you know, this is the date, this is the time you agree to doing that. What Keepme does is it allows you as a business to map out all of the good, solid-based retention behaviors that we want to see, and then be able to deliver it at scale with a level of granularity so that the, the, the male who's 25 is getting the same type of welcome email, but with a different visual than maybe the female of 25. That the person who's joined up for a specific purpose is getting engagement space around that. And if they are showing any risks, then maybe those behaviors can be changed by sending them the following engagement. So keep me's primary role, first and foremost, is show you where the issue is, show you how you're doing it, and then give you some ideas of where you could do better. And then having done that, it then equips you with the tools because it's given you such a wide window to operate in to then be able to do something about it. The final part to add is that one of the new things we just put in there is uh, it's an iOS app so that um, yeah, Mel goes onto the floor of that club and, and she sees 100 people training and she says, that's fantastic. What we found was that many organizations would instruct their PTs or their floor team to, to go around and you know, talk and engage with members. It very rarely happened for two reasons. First and foremost, people didn't want to be interrupted or they felt that the PTs were only there trying to sell them additional PT, or because there's just too many and there's only two or three on the staff. So what Keep Me Now does is uh, via the IS app or also on, on, on the desktop, you can see who's on your site at that time and what their risk factor is. So I can have it set that if I've got any high-risk members attend, that the GM needs to engage with those particular people, as an example, because high-risk people we'd never expect to see back. Or Amber, which is our medium-risk members, I know I can have it set as a policy that floor staff need to engage with any Amber member that comes in. That the reception team needs, the front of house team need to engage with any member that comes in that's got an Amber credit. In Group X, that anyone taking a Group X class needs to know the risk profile of its audience. And if there's any orange or red in there, to make sure that there's special shout-outs, mentions, engagements, or whatever. These are, you know, we effectively are giving ourselves a window where we can see the risk that each individual member has, and then we can take action, and we can tailor it without the fear of it being a negative engagement or being an irrelevant engagement, because we've got a level of detail and insight we just never had before. I mean, this is absolutely incredible what you're telling me, Ian, but I've actually got quite a, a lay question to ask you. You spoke about, um, you know, Michelle is a great PT, but John's not too great, so we get Michelle to speak to John, and the same with, with group fitness instruction. How do we know that the information that Keep Me is giving us is accurate? How does it get that, that actual information? Is this happening behind the desk okay so the, the way this happens is when when a customer joins keep me what we initially do is the model is trained everybody every customer has their own model and the model is trained on what has happened historically so we take in the data that comes from the member management system whatever that may be and having utilized that 
The model teaches itself about your individual business. It looks at every factor there, anything from their membership type to how they came in, marketing source, to attendance, to gender, to location, hundreds of different variables. It even builds some itself. So, for instance, it'll look at your attendance and it will say that, you know, I was in, you know, this day, this day, this day. And then it'll build weeklies and it'll build seasonal averages and it'll be daily averages and it'll look at what time I come in. All of these things are done in the background. Then when the model has learnt, it's then given a new set of data, which we call the test data, and then we can see at what accuracy it's working with. And it, you know, as I say, it's north of 90. When that happens, we then let it loose on the current data. And, and what it is doing every single time is it is looking at every action that's taken. So um, I just attended. Whether I opened the newsletter, whether I unsubscribed, whether I forwarded it, whether I clicked, whether I attended a Group X, whether I bought any PT, whether I bought any retail recently. All of these are little tiny actions that the model is constantly monitoring to be able to paint itself a picture of whether Mel or Ian are going to continue with us, right? And it is, you know, so all of these data points have always existed within the business. You can see who opened your newsletter and who didn't. You can see who attended and who didn't. You know their age. You know their gender. You can tell where they came in from, right? Whether they, they come from a Facebook page, did they come from a PPC, did they come in from a referral? All of this exists. Keep Me takes that data and turns it into the gold, which is the insights, by getting it together and making sense of it so that you've got this holistic picture of your membership, which wouldn't be possible as a human being, but brought together in the platform to be able to get an understanding. To, the, to your specific example, we're not saying that Michelle is driving a higher retention. We're saying that as a factor of consideration, there has to be some interest in the fact that Michelle's retention, the members that train with Michelle are twice as likely to stay with us than the members that train with John. So we're not saying John's bad. It may be just that, you know, that, that we've got a, a miscommunication relative to what a class is or that we are acting in a retirement community and we really shouldn't be doing high intensity interval training, right? Whatever it may be. But the, the reality is having those insights, I'll give you another example. We, we had a, an operator in a multi-site environment where they could see that a particular, a, a particular class was generating on average a, a, a very good retention score, apart from in one site. So there was no way historically they'd have ever known that because you know instructors are instructors as far as they were concerned. But moving their top instructor into that site and then doing a swap over a period of three weeks, they were able to understand that it was a human performance issue and then make the, the required training or change or whatever else it may be. It's these type of variables which allow us to understand if you're in a multi-site environment, you've got 50 branches. What I often find is that I can't even get them to tell me what their retention number is. And in vast amounts of times, they'll still talk in, oh, we're growing, we're growing. And it is, they're growing because they're putting in new sites, right? And those new sites have obviously got no negatives, only the positive on that aspect of it. But in reality, on a multi-site environment, Imagine the ability to be able to say, okay, so currently I'll keep you score out 100 is 83. That's fantastic. And the average for a site is, let's see, that's uh, 81. Okay, that's great. Oh, we've got two sites here out of the 50, which are operating at 48 and 47. Okay, straight away, pin that. You can go and you know, look at what practices, other engagements, but you can go in there with a good understanding that you've got two branches which are just not operating at the same level as everybody else, and you can go in and fix it. 
So does this mean, though, so are you saying that artificial intelligence is going to replace the human? I hope not. And no, definitely not. No, uh, you know, that's the, the, the a popular media misconception in, in many respects. What AI does is it, it, it actually uh, amplifies our abilities. So, you know, we don't want as, a, a, you know, I, well, I do, clearly it's my living, but most people <laughs> don't want to sit there doing this level of analysis. You want to have the confidence that that analysis then allows you to do what you are there for in the first place, which is member engagement, which is engaging with members at the right time with the right message right, in the right format. So what this does is it decreases uncertainty. Right? It increases your, your, your ability to understand who you should be engaged with and then allows you to do what you're best at. AI is never going to be the person that crafts the message, chooses the visual or goes over there and suggests a new routine for somebody. But AI is going to be the one that tells you with a great deal of confidence that they are people that you do want to engage with. And if you do so, you will get a benefit. So, Ian, it sounds like to me, as a club owner, I would be better off uh, investing in Keep Me as opposed to investing in social media marketing. Okay. First of all, how could I possibly disagree with that? Um, <laughs> but in, in reality, um, what we need to understand here is that uh, for a club, what we need to change is clubs' understandings of the actual impact on going from a sales-focused club to a retention-focused club. I've seen some dramatic results over the last six months in organizations that are very much retention-focused. What they're generally finding is that their referrals go up quite considerably. We've had one that's got 38% over a four-month period, their referral traffic, that their cost of acquisition other members is going down because they're getting more walk-ins, more walkthroughs, more organics coming through on that particular side. So I'm not saying, I, I, I am saying that if I had a social media budget and, you know, anyone who takes a look at LocalWise will know that, you know, I have a good understanding of that particular marketplace as well because that's what LocalWise is there for. I, I'm saying that you are better off working on retention, both financially and in long term, than you are just on a sales focus. If, if, if I had an operation that was in a marketplace that was highly competitive, I would move all of my resources to retention as soon as I got to the stage where I could survive with the membership I've got, because I will then organically grow with the lower costs, whereby the other model is just to consistently be feeding the machine, going on that monkey wheel and going as fast as we can to get these new members in. But every year, the amount of new members available to you in the marketplace is decreasing. Every year, the cost of acquiring those new members is increasing. And the individuals who are doing the best with the best retention are generally the ones offering the best service and they are the ones that people get to know about and subsequently go and look to join organically without even looking at the Facebook or PPC or any other digital media. So as a, as a fitness operator, I mean, I've got now over 80 um, clubs and boutiques in my area. When we opened 16 years ago, I think there was like 10. What are some of the things that I should consider before deploying um, AI in my club? Okay, so let, let's... Yeah. 
in many ways, I wish I'd never stuck AI on, on, on uh, you know, even the Keep Me's websites, keepme.ai. I wish I hadn't put it on there because of the, the, the focus being on the AI. Yeah. The AI, it's just, that's just the engine behind it, right? In many respects, right? Let, let, what I've tried to get over to all the club owners at the moment is you're all sitting on a considerable gold mine as long as you look after it. That gold mine is your data. If you have discipline around your member data, if you have taken the time to make sure that you are accurately recording and maintaining it, you have absolutely no idea how valuable that is going to get over the next few years. Tools like Keep Me come in and utilize those 5, 10, 15, 16 years of data and can present to you a forward-looking picture which can radically change your business. And in my own personal opinion, that is something that's going to continue. No, no, I think, you know, I don't think any of us believe that AI and machine learning is not going to change the business in some form, whether it be Keep Me or whether it be anybody else. But remember one thing, none of those platforms can work unless they've got the fuel, and the fuel is data. So all of that incremental data you've got at the present time, you should be making sure that you keep and look after. Everything from your MailChimp even, right? So that you've got all of those, you know, when people sent out newsletters, what their reactions were, any of your historical NPS work, for instance, any of your SMS campaigns, all of this data, you have no idea what a data scientist can do in a company like Keep Me to be able to show you stuff you never dreamed of being able to have. And I, I would go as far as to say, even I will be surprised in two years' time with what we're doing because we're moving at such a rapid pace in the industry at the moment around these type of tools that I believe that this data is going to become more and more important. So the winners are going to be the ones that have good, solid data um, in there. And the losers are going to be the ones that, quite frankly, didn't care. And and I've come across some shockers. I mean, I've come across an operator in in, in Australia, um, and you know, they've got nine clubs, and they don't have any data. And that, that's quite literally no data at all. Got a few spreadsheets, right? But absolutely nothing, right? No, we're getting there. We're getting around it. But you know, they're, they're, it's a, an owner-led one, and they're just not managed to get it together. Yeah. See, that comes back to education, doesn't it, Ian? There's not enough education about some of the most important aspects in the fitness business and obviously retention is. Um, what do you think about all of the retention summits and workshops that are out there? What do you think, you know, experts should be really focusing on? I think uh, I get asked that question a lot as well because obviously there are a lot of uh, people who focus on retention as their, their main uh, consulting focus. Um, and you know, but the work they do is is uh, is perfectly valid. It's perfectly viable. It, it tends to concentrate on the uh, on-site integration, the on-site interactions, and that's incredibly valuable. Um, and and, it, and it, it you know it also presents operators with the, the the discipline and the infrastructure to put in place things like member journeys and those type of things. And um, I, I I think that um, I think that that is a critical component. But I think it's one stage further along. Right? The first thing you need to do to solve any problem is to quantify how big the problem is in the first place. Yeah. And yeah. I have yet to get confidence with the majority of operators that they really do have a true picture. 
In addition to predictive analytics, which we have in Keep Mute, we also provide the operators with a historical view of their attrition, their retention, their length of membership, their length of stay. Well presented and very, very easy. <laughs> I've been amazed, maybe a bit strong, but certainly surprised at the pleasure that owners, CEOs, GMs have got just from having access to that data on a daily basis. Well, it's not even the core business of keeping it. It's not even it's not even the core feature as such, right? We're into the predictive side, but if you're going to do predictive, you've got to show historical as well. And I think that organisations, before they, they they tackle it, the first thing they should do is to quantify how big is my problem, right? And then it might because there's no point in bringing in a, gen, a consultant to talk to you generically about the problem if you don't have any detail around what your specific problem is because their solution they may prescribe has got nothing to do with the particular market that you operate in, the behaviors of your members, or even your retention challenges. So putting in a platform like KeepMe before you even go and expend on the other aspect is going to first and foremost give you the tools to be able to say, what is my problem? What has been my problem? What is going to be my problem? And then to start putting into place the tools that if somebody else came in and said, you should be doing this, this, and this, one, you can do it at scale without having to get involved in it on a regular basis. Or you can start it yourself. And you know, again, you know, going back to actual examples, when the platform has gone in, in many cases, the first revelation for people has been the actual issue that they've got. How big is it? How small is it? And a broad spectrum of what they could actually do to achieve it. The next thing is then to put in place the regular engagement that is tailored to the circumstance of each member, whether I went, whether I didn't, whether I'm into this, whether I'm into that, right? That aspect of it is taking place. Just those bare components are going to knock up your retention by one or two percent. Right? It is you know, even if an operator, any operator in the in the in the core industry average at the moment is going to do that. The other thing we found is that by even having a platform like Keep Me Inside, it's driven the business to start thinking about retention rather than just talking about retention. Because you know, if you and I were to sit down now and, and construct the list of how many chief retention officers we know, I bet we wouldn't get past two or three, if that, anywhere, right? You know, the amount of time to have a conversation with a, a, an owner or a GM or a, a CEO of a, a large group, and I will ask who owns retention, and they'll say, well, we all own retention. And anyone who's been in business knows that if everybody owns it, nobody owns it. That means there's no responsibility. It, it, my next question is always, and, and how are they incentivized for that particular aspect of it, right? Again, very rarely do they say, you know, well, no, we're, we're on the overall success of the business is, is how we, we incentivize our team. Well, well, again, that means that everyone's going to go for new sales. Why? Because we understand new sales. We can see it straight away. We know those 10 people coming in for a tour. We know that we can close six of them, that's six new members. The fact that 10 people have gone out the back door and we didn't know it, well, you know what? That's not really the problem. And I think that that is the areas where we need to look at. So quantify the problem and then make sure that it is something which you are genuinely going to go after improving once you've had the quantification done and then you can move from there. So, Ian, are you going to be discussing uh, Keep Me at any summits or conventions in 2019, 2020? Uh, that's, yeah, uh, yes, uh, still to be announced. Um, uh, but I'm not, my, my role at the moment is, is not to, is, is, is actually not pushing Keep Me, right? And, you know, my PR team is going to go absolutely at the wall when they hear me say stuff like that, and they have done. <laughs> My, my role at the moment is to help people to understand what AI means to this industry. 
My role at the moment is to help them to understand the infrastructure that can be put in place, regardless of who it's by, and, and how it goes. Because if there is a problem, if there is a problem in the future we don't have certainty about, in all probability, we can use machine learning and AI to get a better picture than we could do as a human. And you know, five years ago, when I was engaged in this type of stuff, you know, if I wanted a Vanda, for instance, I'd have to put a data scientist in. Right? The tools, the mechanisms, the understanding has changed. And in five years, you know, we're not going to see a data scientist. Well, with the exception of probably four or five of the, you know, the, the largest organizations in our sector, we're not going to see data scientists elsewhere. It's not going to. We, we may see business intelligence and a whole list of those ones, but we don't have a need for DS. So my role um, over the, the next 12 months is very much to be evangelical about what this means to our industry. Because I fundamentally believe that the winners will be those that focus on retention and then grow by taking members from those that don't. And we're, off, we're working in a very artificial marketplace at the moment. Interest rates globally are at an all-time low. We've got an, an economy which is going very well in general. But there are so many risk factors. And we operate businesses which have got P&Ls, which have got no flexibility. Costs are, static, you know, costs are going up. We can't move on most of them because property and staff are the vast majority. And 90% of our revenue is generally tied to subscriptions. It's not going to take much of an economic shock to those P&Ls to start seeing the industry get into problems. Do you think that that's something, though, that's going to happen in the next 18 months? Do you think that we are going to hit some... Some walls? I think we are already hitting challenges as an industry on the basis that competition is so big now. There is so much competition, and not just from bricks and mortar. I mean, you know, do you want to know how many people, you know, if you look at Peloton, right? If I'd have told you in 2012 I was going to open up a fitness business and I was going to charge you $2,500 joining fee plus 40 bucks a month, and by the way, I wasn't even going to open the site. You're going to do it from your own house. You'd have just said I was mad. Well, you know, that madness in 2019 is worth $8 billion US dollars. It has over a million members and a 93% retention rate. Show me any bricks and mortar business which has that. It doesn't exist. So the entire business is changing. And it's not who opens up on the street corner. We've got to look at the digital aspect of it. We've got to look at those ones as well. And with all of those competitions there... That means there is going to be less money available, less fitness dollars, right? Because the discretionary spend of individuals is going to go on a Peloton. Or I may go to Peloton and then add in a boutique for my you know, strength and conditioning work or whatever. But it's going to mean the same audience. And with that being the case, with our P&L being the way they are, we've got, we've got some challenges. So even if we're not dealing with a fitness Armageddon, and I'm not promoting or suggesting that to be the case, we are definitely looking at a decrease in performance for anybody that is still addicted to working towards new sales without any focus on retention. And when I mean a focus on retention, I mean a cultural DNA change where retention is everything within the business and the new sales just happens to be what's driven because of the retention. All right, let me ask you a question, Ian, before we close off um, today. Existing club owners, give them one piece of advice. And for new business owners who are considering opening up a fitness business, give them a piece of advice. Okay, so for existing, for existing business owners, um, uh, treat your data like the gold it is. 
make sure that everybody understands the importance of it because even if it's not important to you now, it will be important to you in 12 months, three months, five years, six years, whenever. So I focus on that. Make that a policy. You're already collecting it. Just make sure that the discipline is around because you have no idea how important that be. Just And if, and if you want to you know, crystallize your mind on this, think about what would happen if a tool like Keep Me came and you and one of your competitors looked at it and you both decided to go for it and then keep me had to say to you, unfortunately, we won't be able to work with yourselves because your data is incomplete or not satisfactory. And your competitor was then able to move forward with that tool on the basis that they had had that discipline. And, and then, you know what, I think on the, the, the people entering the business, I, I think that we all initially concentrate on retention. Because we're so excited we got our first member and our five members and our 10 members and our 15 members. You know, we can all remember them, right? And you know what? Quite frankly, we find that the first 100 members, we probably know each and every one of them individually from that side. But what I would do was to understand that whilst I can remember 100, I will still remember those 100 when it's gone up to 500, to 600, to 700, to 800 members. And I'm still probably kidding myself that I have a good enough understanding of my membership when it has changed. If I put in a culture from day one that says, we will grow by retaining the people who come and join us and put the platforms and the systems in place to be able to do that, in all probability, I will grow a sustainable, strong business that will be able to grow at good cost with strong profitability. But it will come from not just the physical product which I'm offering, whether it be a, you know, the, the latest boutique fashion or whatever. If it is going to be something where it's based around member satisfaction and member retention, I assure you whether it, your, your, your platform itself goes out of vogue, you will still continue to grow because with in people will stay and it's been an absolutely informative uh, podcast today I totally agree with you when you say you know uh, install keep me first and then the second part of it comes later on in terms of you know getting somebody in to maybe train your staff to uh, engage with the clients from the information that they've learned from keep me can you please um, let me know and tell our listeners today where is the best place for them to get in touch with you if they want to know a little bit more about Keep Me? Well, Keep Me's website is, is keepme.ai, so K-E-E-P-M-E.ai, and my email, and I'd be delighted to have conversations with anybody, uh, regardless of whether it be around Keep Me or whether it be about industry in general, because you know anything I've said today, if people strongly disagree, agree, or have opinions or would like to add data, I'd be very interested to hear it because I'm, I'm a student of this. I always will be and I want to learn. So ian at keepme.ai is my uh, email address and I'd love to hear from people. And I'm hoping, uh, Ian, perhaps in the next couple of months we can catch up and perhaps even put a retention panel podcast together where we get three or four of you and we can discuss our retention a little bit more. That sounds a fantastic idea, Mel, and I can uh, assure you, as the trip has been planned, that uh, I will be in Australia in the end of September and October, so hopefully we'll have an opportunity, A, to speak to a lot more of the Australian operators, but also to see yourselves. Oh, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Everybody, um, as I said, we spoke to Ian Mullane today from 
keepme.ai. It was an absolute pleasure speaking to you. I'll be dropping Ian's details into the bottom of the podcast. As you heard, he will be in Australia the end of September, the start of October. So if you are an Aussie club owner, please throw him an email, make a time to sit down and have a chat with him. I definitely think it will be the best investment that you've ever made. Thank you, Ian. Thanks, Mel.